Come on, let's give you a round of applause unto the Lord. It's awesome. Awesome. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Believe you've got to shout so much of that hallelujah and never you better get used to it now. Praise the Lord. Amen. Our Father and our God, we are so thankful unto you, for we trusted you that our gathering shall be graced with your presence today. And we can say without any doubt that you have been here. We ask, Lord, that you continue to be amongst us and to show yourself strong as we listen to your word. We pray that the entrance of your word will give light unto us and we give understanding as well. We ask, Father, that all eyes will be upon you from this moment forward. Speak to us as individuals. Speak to us as a group. Let your name be glorified. Take authority against every strange spirit, every heart that the enemy may want to attack and afflict. We bring all hearts to subjection to the word of the living God. And we pray that we will live here rejoicing in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Let there be some hope if you don't mind. In Jesus' name we pray. I'm still very sure that you will not be penalized for saying a good amen. Amen me, let it be. We are all welcome once again in Jesus' name. Thank you very much for that. And I pray that we shall have wonderful experience with the Lord himself for the rest of this afternoon before we set on our way to go home. Hallelujah. What I want to talk to you this afternoon is inches around something around trusting in God. And when I was just coming up here, this old time song slash hymn came to my heart. And I just would like to, um, where you are, just sing if you know it. And if not, um, that's fine. Just try and listen to the words of the song. They, will, they should put it up soon once they know the first line. It is so sweet to trust in Jesus. And to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, and to know, thus saith the Lord. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus, just to take him at his word.
maybe sometime during the message. I'll just be sharing with us from Psalm 23. Psalm 23 verse 4. And it says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. So the title of the message is, I will fear no evil. Five words, five smooth stones that knocks the devil down. I will fear no evil. I mean, we just need to picture the shepherd king of Israel who penned this particular psalm. There are people that have called it the most popular Bible passage, the best psalm, the best poetry ever written. All the accolades, if they are giving Oscar, it will have won all the Oscars. If they're giving all the Emmy Awards, it will have won all the Emmy Awards. It's one particular passage of the Bible that is so profound and so rich that we can't finish it. But we need to look at the man that wrote it, or in what position was it? It was a shepherd boy himself, and possibly he penned this down one of the days that he was thinking about all his troubles in life and all the challenges that he was facing, and he put himself in the position of his sheep that he normally leads to pasture. And probably he was just leading them to pasture. And you see, when he said the value of the shadow of death, I know many have said that when we are going through the process of death, maybe not quite because he wasn't thinking of death at this time. But maybe more likely this man was talking about the ravines and the crevices and the precipices that he led the sheep through. And so when they are going back to their pen at night or the sheep fold at night, he was leading them through all the rough passages and everything. And as they were going and begin to picture yourself in that Right now, because I'm speaking to you, the Spirit is speaking to you already, and leading them through all those challenging places. And you could probably see the fear in some of the sheep, nothing wanting to go down the steep edge. And he was just thinking, he was just thinking, Don't be afraid, I'm with you. You know, I'm your shepherd. And he flipped it over at the stage. He said, now that is me, the sheep, and God, the Lord Jesus Christ. Because actually, David was a form of Christ. And we can talk about that a lot later on. And so there he was, he was swapping the position, he said, even though I go through all the challenges of life, there's no need for me to fear. You know why? Because you are with me. That's the reason he doesn't need to fire. Because you are with me. And we can take it a little bit back. Not just because you are with me. Because he said that I walk through the valley. 
He knew that the valley was not the dwelling place. It's a passage. And so, I'm just going through the valley. There is a destination that's a warmer sheep fold or whatever, or where they keep the sheep at night that I'm going. But this is just a troublesome period, but I'm coming out on the other end. That's what he's saying. I'm only walking through the valley of the shadow of death. I'm only walking through the dangers. And if I will think of that every day of my life that I come across challenges, how easier my life will be. To know that it's just a passing phase. And that passing phase here or not, because he's brought you through many things before. And don't just say, this is just preach speak. This is reality of life. If you're going to be sincere with yourself, he's taking you through many things before. Oh, he has. I don't know about you. He has taken me through many things before. Unless you are making it to happen, that's you that you took yourself through it. I mean, I can talk about three near-death experiences, still standing here preaching. Your story might be even more profound and more spectacular than mine, but my own little story is big enough for me. One time, seven-year-old boy, and I just, the Lord just brought that scene back to my mind this, this very night, in the early hours, around 3 a.m., I remember clearly. And it wasn't that accident, but the particular cousin of mine that we were there today, we went to one of the little streams. We were not fetching water there. We didn't need it. Just what little boys do. And so, but you know, those streams, they've been running over that place for years and for years. And so you have a lot of moss and all these slippery things going there. And so myself, because from my own time, we don't have such streams there. Another part is a very hilly part of the country. And anyway, I just stepped on that water just to wash my feet. And the rush of, it was a mighty fall, just swept me like that. And that would have been me just carried away. For some reason, a twig caught me. And there I was angry. I look back. One of the days I was ill, my mother, you know, she was involved in, you know, she was, she was a trained nurse. I was having, you know, chloroquine injection is regular. <laughs> Thank God that has been history now. Even flu has been very far away by special grace. And there I was, just passed out. She lost a child not too long. Actually, I was kind of the replacement for the child she lost. And there she was screaming, I'm going to lose this one. Hallelujah. She didn't lose it. Somehow he came back. Riding my bike one of the days, had an accident, got to the hospital. I still bright marks on my feet. My boss was operating on me one of the time. Had cardiac arrest on the table. The man, the man screamed. <laughs> the man screamed. He said, I'll kill the boy. Only to wake up from simple appendectomy, appendicectomy if you are British. And then I saw all tubes around. This is supposed to be open and shut, please, we call it, because it was a clean appendix. The man went in. For some reason, I aspirated. Everything went to my lungs. Dead for about three days. Three days. Actually, that led me to Jesus. Because there was this girl has been pestering me practically and say, give your life to Jesus. Give your life to Jesus. Some of you have heard this story before. I got back home after two weeks. Supposed to have been two, three days recuperation. Go back home. Young, fit boy. And the girl came back to me. The first thing she said, I didn't tell my close friends who were a riot team in that time. At that time, I remember painting the town red. He says, the problem of painting the town red is that you will need a bigger bucket next time. And so we never got the bigger bucket to get more paint. Anyway, on this particular location, I immediately I saw this young girl. She said, that's what I've been telling you. If you have died, you'll have gone to hell. Oh! The first time, I never, was never able to answer her. Because I was cool in the Bible, but I never knew Jesus. So we argued late into the night. That day, I knew God has directed my path. How many of such have you gone through? 
How many times you've not been able to eat, you've not been able to even stand up on your feet, but he had been with you. Somebody say, I will fear no evil. Just before I close, because what is on my heart today is for us to pray. And the main reason why he said he will fear no evil in a very quick fast forward is because God is with him. Hallelujah. You are with me. Acts chapter 10 verse 13. Let's put that up and let's just go through that scripture. Trusting God that he will speak to you clearly there and probably say a few more things to you from there. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 10 verse 38 please. 38. Verse 38. Okay. How God anointed uh Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with him. Hallelujah. Jesus prevailed because God was with him. I think it was last week we mentioned some of the things that he went through. The Pharisees, they persecuted him. The scribes, they troubled him. It was trouble left, right, and center. He yet was able to fulfill the call of God upon his life. He reached the destination. You know why? God was with him. Now, that is sweet reading. That is easy reading for you. You know, he went about doing good. He was healing. He was healing. Oh, it wasn't without opposition. Many didn't even believe. In fact, the words that can happen to you is where your family don't believe in you. In John chapter 7, they even suggested to them, they said, look, you've been such, you've been bringing shame upon us. You know, those people that are not just towing the line. Uh, when I gave my life to Christ, that was worse I was to my family. Supposedly in their own eyes, maybe, maybe, maybe right, they may be wrong, but me looking at it from the perspective of Jesus, that assessment of ourselves was wrong. You know, a respectable family in a small town, sleepy town, a nation town, and being part of an old Orthodox church with all these spires reaching the heavens, reaching the clouds, actually not heavens, you know, and all the trappings and everything, another generation coming up of middle classes, whatever, whatever, whatever they felt about themselves. And I gave my life to Christ. And I could imagine what I was such a reproach. Despite all that God was doing in my life, that was where Jesus was. To the glory of God, that my story changed anyway later on. And, um, you know, and so, he was able to do what God called him to do simply because God was with him. Do you know you have been called to do some things in this world and you will face opposition? You will face opposition unless it's not of God. We just mentioned that young brother there, fantastic on the, on the guitar. And when David was introducing him, he was saying, he's a missionary, he's got a mission in life and everything. Hey, not only him, every one of us, opposition we call. People will sneer at you. Some of them will say, what are you doing? What are you going over? Not least, you will face temptation that will want to derail you. Just like Joseph faced temptation that was going to derail him. You will face discouragement. Because they were going through the valley of the shadow. They were going somewhere. But it was not devoid of opposition. They could have fallen down. They could have, you know, been jumped upon by wild animals. And you see, when they were fearing, I, I could see that story when 
it, it was so personal to me. I, I just saw David playing God. You know, he was a master writer. He, wonder, he, was, he was switching. I saw him switching positions there. He was switching roles. One time he would be God who was watching over him as a sheep. Another time he would be the sheep. No, he would be the shepherd. Another time he would be the sheep. He was swapping it. And so probably was wondering, you sheep, you are afraid that when a lion will jump up or a bear will jump up because it's dark at night, that's when they hunt, and they're probably going to grab you and kill you. David was probably smiling unto himself. Why are you thinking like that? One of the days, can't you remember? One of you was taken by a lion. What did I do? I went after the lion, killed the lion, rescued you from his mouth. And so he was encouraging himself and we, the readers, and say, are you afraid of a lion that may want to catch you? He said, don't worry yourself that I am with you. And if God is with you, you can absolutely be certain that the end will be glorious. You can absolutely be certain. Do you know what I've discovered is that the greatest challenge we face in life is not the oppositions we face, but the fear that come with it. Have you noticed that? If we can conquer fear, we've conquered everything. So when this message of fear, we're so profound. You've heard of people, once the diagnosis is given, that is the end of the story. It's just everything keeps going down because that's the fear. In actual fact, some of these supposedly terminal illnesses and diseases that, you know, immediately and there's the way, and truly we need to, on the physical level, the way we present it unto the patient, you know, in a grandstand manner, you know, even though you subdue it, you make it very palatable, you know, have a proper setting, and we've so, and the patient probably knows that he's probably expecting what is coming, and then we drum the bombshell. From that moment onward, is downward trend. I've had people that have got the diagnosis before. They say, well, sorry. Well, and they say in the best of languages that you don't have more than three months to live. And from down, it's, it's not a disease, I believe, most of the time that is bringing them down. It's the fear. Because that's a spirit called the spirit of fear. And so if you're not living here with anything, leave that. We live with that today. You will not fear evil. Because... I, you probably have noticed that that's one thing I constantly fight in this place. That's, that's something the enemy wants to rear his head in. He will restore a few things and just make the spirit of fear to poof like that. And when everybody is jittery and fearful, nobody can move in the right direction. Do not fear. God is with you. Do not be afraid. God is with you. Now, you can make excuses for your fear. It is your own blessing. Don't let me call it another way. It is your own portion. If you want to do that, don't make excuses for fear. We do many at times. We say, but why can't I fear? Don't you see what is facing me? Well, you are not the first one that will face. And that may come hard and, 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 and very pungent. But a person that made up his mind, and I said, no matter what, I will not be afraid. Oh, what a life that person will live. I'm trusting God. That's the level you and I will operate all the rest of our lives. And you know when you get to the point that Paul the apostle got to? And when Paul mentioned unto the, on, 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 in one of his epistles, he said, I've been crucified to the world and the world crucified to me. You see, I got that revelation a few years by through one particular book I was reading, and that was very profound. The man was saying, you know world, that is the devil, because he said the prince of this world is the devil. He said, you know world devil, I'm going to punish you, though I know you are punishing me. So it's a mutual punch for punch we are going. From that day, the devil just knew, I'm not going to disturb this guy's ministry because the ministry was just prospering. He said, at the end of the day, the only thing I can do, which does not matter much to him anyway, he will just be killed and one is killed. Do you know when you are transitioning, even when they persecute them, it's just a moment of transition. To us, it's a big deal. 
The man has jumped from one place of pain into a better place of, of peace. Oh, Lord, deliver us from fear. Deliver us from fear. Deliver us from fear. Deliver us from fear. Deliver us. Give us a heart that is so set on Jesus, believing completely in him, that there is nothing that comes our way that God has not got answered unto. Please go with me to Colossians chapter 1 verse 27. Let's look at that. So we've just seen Jesus Christ in Acts chapter 10 verse 38. God was with him. He was able to fulfill the call of God upon his life in spite of all the opposition that he faced. So the same thing can be of you. He said to them, God willed to make known what are the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of... You can trace the dealing of God with man from the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, God presents himself as God for us. Because through the Old Testament, you will see, Israel is going to war. In fact, there was a place that Joshua, I think that was Joshua chapter 3 or thereabout. Joshua was standing, he saw somebody with a sword in his hand, and he went straight unto him. He said, are you for us against us? So it's a matter of God for us. That is, God will be standing outside of you, but will come in when you are needed. That's God for us. When Jesus was born in Emmanuel, he said, you shall call his name what? Emmanuel. What is Emmanuel? God with us. And so God is now standing by our side wherever we go. That was the revelation when this man was writing Psalm 23. Then he went beyond that. When the Holy Spirit came, he then became what? God in us. And if God is in you, it's not a matter of you are not even aware of it, except that he's in us because we are not living spiritually enough and we are trusting that we will live more spiritually. We are not aware of him. He's in you. If God be for us, Greater is he who is in God in us. And that's no big theological understanding. In fact, it's so basic that the illiterate New Testament acts of the apostle believers, they understood it. We should understand it. God in us is indwelling in us. Wherever I go, I go with him. And because in me, he will walk in and through me to affect my generation. God in us. Not just with us. A step further. And also we can take confidence in Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5. Hebrews 13 verse 5. I will fear no evil. I will fear no evil. Let your conduct be without covetousness, be content with such things as you have. For he himself has said, what? Nor forsake you. I will never leave you, nor if there had been an interactive session, I would have loved us to discuss that statement. Because sometimes it feels as if the word never was not there. It looks like I may never, occasionally, because sometimes we feel like he has left us. But his promise is that he will never leave us nor forsake us. So that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, whom shall I fear? 
I like us to pray. Amen. And the prayer I want us to pray is that God of heaven and earth himself will open our eyes and we will see Jesus by our side. We were having school of prayer yesterday. Very profound saying. He said, everybody wants blessing. Nobody wants to pay the price. You know, that is very usual. You know, these are the hard part of it. And we look down the line. We see the progress of those who applied themselves and those who are not making effort to apply themselves. And one of the things that we have done with the pulpit is that we have taken away Christ from people and we have put it in the minister rather than Christ in the people. Rather than you going back home and study the scripture, we encourage that you just go and read it, come and tell us. That's how the apostate church started. And they even took the Bible away. Nobody should have the copy of the Bible. You will need to study the word. If I want to deceive you, I will tell you, just come on Sunday, I'll feed you. After I feed you, after I fed you, I will lay hands upon you. Unfortunately, I'm not the Holy Spirit. Because I do sleep. Because I do travel. Because some of the time I'm really tired. Which sometimes we don't seem to get after service. <laughs> really tired. So with my best intention, trust me, I would love to be everywhere, every time. I would love it. But I can't. That's why Jesus moved from God with us when he was physically here unto God. So you take him home. You take him home. Stop pointing fingers. You have a responsibility to study the scriptures. You are not too young to do that. It's not my responsibility to study the scripture for you. Dare I ask, if there had been a smaller group, I probably would have asked the question, how many of you read, or in the past we read, let me use that, at least a chapter of the Bible a day, Liars don't go to heaven. Just keep it answer to yourself. It's not possible to grow without the word. It's not possible. You know, you want preachers to come and tell you stories here? Yeah? You hear stories, you will laugh, we remain the way we are. Challenging the church. It's a word of challenge for us in our, in our generation. I've been to church growth meetings. We all come back with one conclusion. The conclusion is that they don't know anything. Digest it for them. They say they will never know. And the church will continue to be weaker and weaker. The people before us, they were not as learned. They were not as, as wise as we are. Knowledge has increased in our time more than ever before. Hey, brothers and sisters, please, there's so much joy when you walk closely with Jesus. Oh, I've tasted him. Sometimes, during the time of fasting, is the best time I have. I ask my family. Sometimes, I, I just, it's just sweet. And I wish, I say, Lord, what's wrong with me? Why couldn't I do this more often? There's a joy, there's a, there's a lifting, unless you are there. If you're able to pray for hours on end, and God can make it happen for you. He's not preachers, he's not preacher. No, the preacher is just, his only duty is to come and encourage you. He has a life to live just as you have a life to live. Shall we just get our acts together and allow God to help us? And then we will not fear any evil. God has a word for a few of you here. We've been going through a long patch of, of heaviness and it's like one problem after another. The Lord said out of that problem, it will bring a gem out for it. 
and your story, you will look back and say, why, why, why was I afraid? Because I can see God moving in my situation. I can see God turning it all around for my good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me mention this before we finish. How will I be sure that you are with me? That's the question. He said, your rod and your staff, they... How many things did he have that would be comforting him? Two. All right. Very good. It's one. Shepherds don't go around with two. They go with one. The same staff that they hold in their hand is the one that they use as the rod to club the animal. And it's the same one that they use. This, like the rod of Moses. The rod of Moses was one. The rod opened the Red Sea. The rod brought judgment upon Pharaoh. So, the word of God is one, and our rod is one, so it is not two. And so when he says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me, he's taking us back to what I've just told you. It is just one, one, the same word. The same word that you pray to bring judgment upon your enemies is the same word that you will pray that will bring blessing upon your life. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You understood it very well. The staff was to bring them out when they're in the pitch. The word will bring you out from the pitch. Wherever you find yourself, as we've mentioned before, the worst thing that happens to a person is that when you know you are the source of your own problem. You see, that's why most of the time we don't want to hear that. You know, we rather like to praise the devil all the time. It's not the devil all the time. You know, it's easy, it's easy. If I'm talking about, Lord, let's pray, let's bind the devil. I'm, I'm not challenging you and say, folks, we have things to do ourselves. This whole place will be a gong. It's natural because it's very painful to know that I'm the cause of my own problem. But thanks be to God that we don't need to stay under that bondage. That's why Christ came. The separation between your feelings and your success is just a single sentence of prayer. Lord, have mercy. Forgive me. And you are translated immediately from your feeling to your success. But it looks like so big to us. How can I say that? And the enemy continues to make us, oh, you need to be sad about it. Just the same word of God that is there to serve as the rod and the staff on your behalf. Hallelujah. Psalm 29, verse 11. Psalm 29, verse 11. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. The Lord will give strength to his people. The Lord will bless his people with peace. Hallelujah. When he is with you, and you are not fearing evil, there are two things that will be alien to you. Number one, weakness will be alien to you, and also lack of peace will be alien to you. And so all in the same vein, the Lord is still speaking unto us, there is strength available as long as I make up my mind to know that it may look so difficult, but God is with me. Tell yourself, God is with me. Mm. And you will begin to see the fruit of that even by the time you are stepping out of here. You will sense the, the sure presence of God in your life. You will know that it looks so bleak, but because God is with you, you will come out on the other end. Uh, somebody's giving testimony five months without job and somewhere, somehow God kept him. There are some, maybe a year without job, somehow God has been keeping them. 
And it's a time to build us up, not a time to crush us. It's a time for us to come to the knowledge of the fact that problems actually make us better at the end of the day, as long as we are with Jesus. Imagine without the storm on the sea, Peter will never have walked on water. Some of you are going to walk on water very soon. If Peter prayed that morning, Lord, as we are going now, let everything be calm, let there be no storm. And maybe he prayed, and poof, they got on the place, and there was storm. He said, Jesus, why you don't answer? But right there and then, that storm turned into something that made that man unique. No other person well, that, I know, that I know of in history has ever walked on water. What brought him to walk on water? What? Storm. A storm. That made it, the master said, come on to me. So out of the pain that we are going through, the Lord says he's going to bring a lot of gain. And our lives will never remain the same in the name of Jesus. Let's bow our heads and pray. And if the Lord so lead us in the next few moments or so, we might find time to pray for individuals. Hallelujah. You don't need to fear. You can write that down today. Amen? Write that down. Take it as a direct word from the Lord. You don't have to fear. Don't worry. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It may look bleak. Don't worry. The Lord says you don't need to fear. You don't need to fear. You just need to believe. like you to just take what you have had to the Lord in prayer. And ask that you will feel his abiding presence. Because the easiest way for us to stay strong is when we are aware that he's with us. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Thank you, Father. Commit yourself to his hand. Please turn what you have had into prayer. turn into prayer. Declare it unto him and say, Lord, you know what? You are with me. And I will come out on the other end glorious, fantastic, sorted, settled in the name of Jesus. And very soon in your song will be like that of the hymn writer, I'm so glad I learned to trust thee. Give us another minute or so in the quietness or, or otherwise of our own heart to please talk to him and say, you know, Lord, I am going through with you. My faith 
will not fail. I will not be dumbed by the wayside. Jesus is with me. I will fulfill my call. I will affect my generation. The shackles and the hindrances will be removed from my life. And my life will be pleasing unto him. I'm so glad I learned to trust the precious Jesus, Savior, friend. And I know that our art with me will be with me to the let's take that again I'm so glad I learned to trust the precious Jesus Savior friend and I know that I One more time, I'm so glad I like to trust thee. I'm so glad I like to trust thee. Precious Jesus, Savior, friend, I know that thou art with me. Rise with me as we take the chorus. Jesus, Jesus, how I trust Him, how I prove Him only we can be with you if you are his own. Can you confidently say that at some stage in your life you have said Jesus take control of my life because that's the only way he is with anyone. If you cannot answer that without any question mark, without any condition, yes but 
if you can't, I want to pray with you now. So that while we are all confessing and rejoicing, because we will take one or two prayer points, that he is with us, you also will be able to say conclusively that he is with you. Amen. So you are there and you just feel that, look, pray with me. I just want to be very, very sure that he is with me. It's not just a theoretical thing. It is reality. Because the spirit of God bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. If you don't have that witness, you can now. And so please, let's hold our heads be bad while the rest of us are just praying in our hearts. If you know you've taken that decision, thank God for you. But if you've not, lift up your hand. I will pray with you wherever you are. I just want to be sure that I don't pray just into the empty air. Wherever you are, maybe you even thought that, well, I made that decision before, but I'm not too sure whether it counts for anything anymore. And so you want to renew that one with the Lord. You can also lift up your hand. I will pray with you wherever you are. And I'm confident in the Lord that without any doubt, the sense that God is with you, you will begin to feel it right now. Hallelujah. Quickly, if anyone is there before we pray, the other major prayer point, don't worry. Just allow him to put you by his side. And when he does that, your joy will be full. Hallelujah. If anybody is raising, I raise your hand properly. It seems like there's a half up, not down. All right. Hallelujah. Father, we ask that in mercy, every one of us here, as we begin to pray this next set of prayers, it will be reality to us that you are with us. And because you are with us, mountains will be moved. Obstacles will be removed. Actually, fear will go. I ask that as we enter the new month, there will be evidence of the abiding presence of God. Whether we are at home or we're traveling or we are going to work, we will know the abiding presence of God. That's our only request, Father. And I pray you will do it for us beyond our thoughts and imaginations. Thank you for always hearing us. To you be the honor and glory. In Jesus' mighty name we have prayed. I want you to take one prayer point. You're going to pray it with all your zeal. You're going to pray it energetically. Prayer is a three-level thing. You pray with your spirit, you pray with your emotions, you pray with your physical body. So, when we lift up our voices together and call on the name of the Lord, based on the fact that he's with us, we will begin to see the differences in our lives in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Psalm 20. May the Lord answer you the day of trouble. We mentioned mentioned that last week. Because when they're going through the dark patches, the ravines, and all the obstacles, and just as we are going through, every one of us in one form or another, it's a time of trouble. 
But the same psalmist, just a few chapters before the one we read today, he prayed that prayer. He said, may the name of the God of Jacob defend you. Your rod and your staff. The rod is to defend you. Is to club the enemy. Then he says, may he send you help from the sanctuary. And strengthen you out of Zion. In quick successions, we will take maybe two, three prayer points from there. We're going to pray them as confessional prayers. Predicated on the fact that God is with you. Based on the fact that you are sure that God is with you. Because your story will change very soon. In fact, God himself will supervise your advancement. What I ask the Lord this morning is that nobody will live here remaining the same. If you stay long enough up to this time of the service, you can't live the same. At least today. That I'm sure about. God has told you what you need to do. He will give you help to do them. God will do his own part if you are open unto him right now. So I left all these long preambles so that you can pray with understanding and with knowledge. Some of you are ready to pray. Some may not. That's why I added all those words. So we will pray it in the confession manner as we normally do. I say, Father, in the name of Jesus, your word say, the Lord answer you the day of trouble. And the name of the God of Jacob defend you. Father, in the name of Jesus, according to your word, answer me in the day of trouble and defend me, thou God of Jacob, in the name of Jesus. Pray as men of old prayed. Pray as the apostles prayed. Pray that those that can touch the hand of God pray. Pray with all your heart and with all your mind. The Lord, you are with me. This is the day of trouble. This is the day that I'm going through all the difficult patches of life. But your promise is that you are with me. It might be trouble in your life. It might be trouble in your family. It might be trouble with your children, with your parents. But he has said he will answer you. And so begin to lay those troubles before him. Those debts that you are carrying, lay it before him. Those sicknesses that you are carrying, lay it before him. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Lord God of heaven and earth, answer me, oh God. Answer me. Answer me. This is the day of trouble. And defend me, my Lord and my God. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Jesus' mighty name we pray. He said, Father, your word says, God will send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. Therefore, in the name of Jesus, Father, send me help from the sanctuary. Father, send me help from the sanctuary. Holding myself back from explaining that. Sanctuary is both heavenly sanctuary and earthly sanctuary. That is amongst the people of God. That help will flow to you. One more time, Father. 
Send me here from the sanctuary and strengthen me out of Zion. Why don't you lift up your voices and pray? Commit my heart to you, my Father, my God. And I pray, oh God, lifting holy hands unto you and say, Lord, send me help, oh God. Where I do not know help is coming from. Raise people, oh God, to help me, even those that will pray along with me and bring me to the place of blessing. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. When you leave here, you go and pray the rest. I propose that I will just stick to time. I still got one prayer point. It's going to be ministration to somebody here. May he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt offering. That means you must be giving offering. I'm not talking of uh, where you should give church offering, money offering. Uh, burnt offering is... Go and read that at home. Assignment. What it means to give offering and what it means to give burnt offering. I'm not talking of rams and goats now. And the Lord will give you understanding. But before I leave the platform, you are in there, you have a left chest pain specifically. You are there. The Lord wants me to minister to you. And you also have a right knee pain. The Lord wants me to minister to you. We prayed for a few last week. Please, if God has taught you and if you relief, try and make a point of duty. Don't say, well, let me check for another two weeks. Once God heals you, get onto the platform and share the testimony. Because I believe that week in, week out, this is not something that God wants us to keep to ourselves. He wants us to give the thanks back to him. Amen. So you are there. Just quickly come forward. Hallelujah. Quickly come forward. You just touch of the hand. Please, choir. Together as we did last week, let's minister together. Folks, stretch your hands unto them. Stretch your hands unto them. Okay. I just move quickly.